Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast. And if you've been listening for a while, welcome back. I am your host, Steve Kramer, and I've been in player development full time, running my own business since 2014. But every single year since then, I've spent more time working with high school basketball coaches, serving them, trying to figure out what some of their needs are that I can help assist them with to help give their program a little more success, save some time, and all in all, develop a relationship with them to help them build a program so they're not only successful with their basketball team, but build a program that can compete year in and year out. That's a big part of what I've been doing with my business, Kramer Basketball, and it's taken a big step forward this past year with the Coach's Edge, the podcast, the new website, and a piece of that is the presentations that we do with our Coach's Edge members. I want you to check that out. On March 6th, we have a virtual clinic at 9.30 in the morning. I'm presenting on in-season player development, really breaking down four key types of drills that you need to be looking at doing with your players. If you understand how to develop your players in season, that's the time. That's the time because throughout the course of the year, they might be playing multiple sports. There's no other point except in the season when you get them for a consistent period of time and for an extended period of time. So if you don't have a player development plan in place, you're already behind. So I'm gonna break down what that plan can look like with four different types of drills that we try to use for skill development that can cover any type of skill that, that you're looking to improve your team and your players with. And then at 10.30, we have one of our Coach's Edge contributors, AJ Burton, Associate Head Coach at Southern Maine Community College. And he's presenting on developing and creating a high level scouting report. He's gonna show you and walk you through what he does with his college team. He does a great job breaking down um, what you can do as far as an in-depth detail from three different series of video breakdowns all the way down to, okay, if we have to do more of a mini scout, what does that look like? You know, maybe one day in between games, what would we really try to hone in and focus on as we prepare for the next game? I want you to join our virtual clinic. You attend the clinic, we'll do a Q&A. You'll also get a recording of all of the uh, presentations that we have. You also get coaches PDF that he uses to break down scouting with his team. It's all really good stuff. So I'm excited to dig into that. On this episode today, we got a treat for you. Kramer basketball skills coach Jaden Nichols is joining the show and he's talking about something that we are both really passionate about and that's youth basketball. Youth basketball players, their development. He's been a junior high basketball coach for five years. He's got experience all over the place from the college level, from the high school level, and he's been helping me direct the spring and fall basketball pro training program in Bowling Green, Ohio, and he's a big piece of what we're going to do in 2021 as well. So that was a long, long intro. I appreciate you taking the time to listen, but we want you to join the virtual clinic. A link to that is in the description below and appreciate Jaden for taking the time to share his passion about youth basketball and what we can do as coaches to continue to improve youth from a player development standpoint and also to build character among young boys and girls as they continue to grow. Let's get to the show. I'd like to welcome back Kramer basketball skills coach Jaden Nichols to the Coach's Edge podcast. Jaden, thanks for taking the time be back on the show. 
Yeah, absolutely. Excited to be here. Youth basketball, my friend, you have been a coach at the what, eighth grade level, seventh and eighth grade level for how many years? Five years now. For five years, I've done, you know, you've been involved at the college level and the high school level as well. Obviously, um, you helped direct our Kramer basketball programs in Bowling Green during the fall and the spring, um, not this past year due to COVID, but we're gearing that back up. So you have a lot of experience in a handful of areas working with young people and coaching. And we could go a million different directions with this subject today of youth basketball, but I wanted to have a conversation with someone who is actually in it at the youth basketball level, essentially 12 months out of the year with the training that you do and coaching youth basketball at the public school level. Let me ask you this to start. What should the goal be of youth basketball as a whole? Yeah, that's something we ponder a lot at our level. And I think in my personal opinion, it's I've, I view the goal of youth basketball it should be a progressive change from when we're real small K through three, looking at really having fun and building a fundamental frame, then going in from four to sixth grade, really working on basic fundamentals of game, again, working on different movements and really learning the game. And then even in the middle school, still developing skills. And then at that point, starting to figure out what are my niches? What am I gonna do in high school? And then once we get to high school, focus on winning basketball. And so it's, it's a real hot take, but not focusing on winning at the youth level, but more so on understanding the game and really having fun. So kids wanna play once they get to high school. And uh, that's, that's a great way for us to start this episode is just laying down that and you, you said progressive, uh, progressive change, development, right? How are we developing our athletes? And I, I put it not as well as you, but one of the things I put down was preparation. Preparation essentially meaning what's their development for us as basketball coaches to help prepare them and develop them for the role that they're going to have next year or two years or 10 years down the road as a, a basketball player. You mentioned the fun. If it's not fun, it, basketball is a game. Why are we doing it if, if it's not fun, right? We wanna enjoy it. Is everything that you do all the time gonna be fun? Of course not, we all know that. But if your son or daughter is going to practice every day and they're dreading the fact that they're there, something's wrong, right? We, there needs to be, needs to be a change in what's going on because it should be fun while teaching a lot of life skills. You mentioned the understanding, right? You're teaching the game at an early age to help develop them as they move on. I ran a, I didn't run it this past year because of COVID, but last winter we ran a youth basketball program near Myrtle Beach and we started our program near the end of when another local youth basketball league was finishing up. And so we had a few players that were in both leagues and they actually did both on Saturday going back and forth for a couple of weeks. And the message that I got multiple times from parents was when my kid goes to this other league, they're out there and there's no organization and there's no teaching and they're just playing five on five the entire time. Now, there's benefit to play, right? But if there's no teaching going on with it, 
there's no structure going on with it, and there's no uh, standard being set, those kids are not having a beneficial experience. And in many times, they're not even having fun, right? Because as a coach, you haven't put them in a position to do it, right? One kid gets the ball, they're dribbling the whole time, they take all the shots, nobody's passing to each other. You haven't taught them how to, you know, what defense is. There's kids that are running around, traveling the whole time. And then they said, when we come to your youth basketball program, you're actually teaching them how to play the game. And when we teach our kids how to play the game, guess what? It gets more fun. And I'll use this comparison because I got a six-year-old daughter, right? And if she's playing with a friend and they're playing and they're playing and they're playing, all of a sudden one of them comes back and they start crying. I say, hey, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Well, so-and-so, they weren't doing, you know, this hiding game and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, then you talk to the other person and they explain a completely different game, right? Well, why were they not having fun with each other? Because they weren't even doing the same thing. They thought they were, right? But because they didn't have an understanding of what they were actually doing together, somebody winds up upset, right? It's the same thing with what I see at a lot of youth basketball leagues. There's not enough structure put in place for them to be successful. We can talk about the problems with too much structure, um, and how a lot of youth basketball is, is basically, in my opinion, made for parents instead of some of the kids as well. But we need to be able to teach them the game while they're having fun. And the number one thing for me, Jaden, is this with youth basketball. What should our, one of our goals be with youth basketball on top of fun and teaching the game? The most important thing for me is are we teaching character to our kids? Are you instilling the characteristics of attitude, of having values, of having a belief system, of embodying certain behaviors that you want to see in a young person. So when they get older and they're done playing basketball, that they are a positive contributing member of society. That's it. Are you doing that? In order for us to do that as a coach, the youth basketball level as a teacher, as a Sunday school teacher, as anything else, we need to take a hard look at ourselves first and ask ourselves, what is our attitude like? Or what is the attitude that we would like to see? What are the things that we value? And what are the values that we want to see in others? What are our beliefs? What do we believe? And then what are the behaviors that we have on a consistent basis or what are the behaviors that I would like to see in other people? Now, this is the hard part because it's so easy for us as coaches to be able to look at players and say, ah, you know, they're showing up late. They're, they're, you know, their jersey's untucked and maybe your coach say, hey, you always got to tuck your jersey on or, you know, you got a bad attitude. Have you looked in the mirror yourself first and given yourself your own self-evaluation and asked yourself, do you embody the characteristics that you want to have your team also embody? That to me is one of the most important aspects of being a youth basketball coach. Jaden, I know you feel the same way as I do. As a coach yourself, you feel a responsibility, right? Not just to coach the game, 
but you feel a responsibility to those kids and to those parents to make a positive impact in their life that goes beyond the game. Am I right? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you hit a couple things there. I think one, if you look back at a lot of people's experience in adulthood, who are some of the most influential people in their lives? It's always their coaches, if not a teacher of some sort. And so that I, I feel a sense of responsibility there. And then that word right there too, responsibility. Uh, not, not enough coaches take responsibility for their attitude and then teaching responsibility. And man, it's hard to teach responsibility if we don't know how to do that ourselves. And that's one of the biggest things that we do at the eighth grade level is we're teaching these kids how to be responsible, whether that's on a help side rotation, whether it's getting to practice on time or whether it's taking care of another teammate. Like it, it's on so many levels and responsibility in the classroom even. That's one of the biggest things. And I, I love that you mentioned that. And yeah, we all do need to look, take a look in the mirror and, and even especially youth coaches because I think sometimes we overlook the influence that we can have on players. That's a good point. I mean, sometimes as as an adult, we may, you know, say something off the cuff or oftentimes, and I know I'm guilty of it too, you might be sarcastic. You were trying to be funny or something like that. And you're like, wait, the sarcasm of a 20, 30, 40 year old isn't the same as a 10 or 11 year old. We need to be mindful of some of those things because the communication is a really vital piece to that. And if we put in these standards as far as character and how we carry ourselves, now that's going to allow us to say, hey, listen, you're going to be on the team. Here's how we carry ourselves, right? Here's the standards that we're going to have. And everybody is holding themselves accountable to that. And if we do that, we can start to hold other people accountable. And that starts with the coach first. Mm -hmm. Secondly, kids and parents want something out of their youth basketball experience. And a lot of times that's winning. A lot of times that's playing time. But what should, in a perfect world, what should kids and parents want most out of a youth basketball experience? Yeah, as I think about that, two things, two major things come to mind. And then there's a third bonus. I think the biggest two things that parents and players should want is, am I being taught fundamentals? And is there opportunity for competition? Those are two things you want in a youth program. And then the third, what, where's the element of fun there? For a lot of stu a lot of players, that is competition. Competition is fun for them. For other players, learning fundamentals is fun for them. But adding something in the mix that's going to be enjoyable, it's going to be something where they can just move and move freely and have some fun. So I think those are the three biggest things. And that's the one thing that we look for in players at our level is who are the kids that have fundamentals and who are the kids that like to compete? And when you get kids that know both of those things, those are the great players at our level. You mentioned three great things. The, the fundamentals, the competition. Uh, some players feel like everybody's different. Some players like to compete in order to feel like they're part of a, a group, right? We're competing. And so this is part of being on the team. Other players, and sometimes entire teams, need to feel a little more included and feel like they're part of this unit in order for them to compete at a high level. And so it's a personality thing. People are different. Kids are different. Whether you have boys or girls, that could be a difference as well. And so I think we need to understand that the competition piece is huge, right? I think that 
we do want to make sure that our kids are learning how to compete in a positive way, which, which doesn't always happen at the youth basketball level. We need to teach them how to compete in a positive way, but that does need to be a part of it. And by doing it correctly, we can, we can form a, a deeper bond in how we work together. And then the third thing you mentioned, giving them some freedom is, is big. And I'll tell you what, Jaden, if, if I were to look at myself, you know, 10 years ago, at this list of three things with youth basketball and look myself in the mirror as a coach, the freedom would have been my downfall. If, if you said, hey, you're going to go to Steve Kramer's camp and they're going to teach you the fundamentals, I'd be like, I got you, right? And now I'm even better at teaching the fundamentals. But back then I was like, yeah, I got you. We're going to compete. You better believe we're going to get after it. No doubt. I got you covered. But within those things being also to give them the freedom to, to be a kid and to have fun and a little more time to just kind of be, be goofy and enjoy themselves and say silly stuff. Um, I mean, Jaden, do you think I'm straight faced now when we're running the camp? You should have seen me 10 years ago, right? I mean, it was, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, you know, to look back almost, but um, I've come a long way in that area of, of being able to let loose when, when it's time to let loose and let kids just be, a kid because that's where we learn a lot as well is just freedom trying new things giving them some time to do what are some of the things that they want to do if that means a, a little more time to play some games and and have a little more control over what that game might look like let them loose they're going to enjoy the process so when you are coaching them they're going to get that much more out of it what are some of the biggest problems that you see with youth basketball yeah, I got a few. Um, so probably I've got an interesting frame of reference uh, being an eighth grade coach. So we get to see players when they come out of whatever youth program they've been a part of, if they've been a part of one. And what's fun is that we get to experience and see the whole league and talk to other coaches about what they see as well. And one of the biggest problems we see is the kids who were overdeveloped physically in elementary school are now underdeveloped in their skills coming into middle school. That's one of the biggest problems. Some of the best players, quote unquote, that we see are very underdeveloped in their skills. And I think that's a product of youth basketball that I've watched and, and I've even ref still. And a lot of the one games that I watch, um, we just tell that kid to go on the block, we toss in the ball and hope that they can put it up. And so we're not teaching them anything by doing that. We need to teach footwork need to teach shooting form, teach a little baby hook. That's a huge problem I see. And so we get these kids who now might have to play guard in high school that don't know how to do any ball handling moves, don't know how to have proper shooting form because they were underdeveloped in their skills. Uh, some other random ones, I think coaches worried about officiating is a big issue in youth ball. We talked about being an example to our players and having that high focus on winning leads coaches to now focusing too much on officiating rather than focusing on what is our team succeeding in? Where is our team need to improve? And so those are, those are two. Uh, I don't know if you want to speak into either of those, but I got a couple others after that. Keep going and then we'll, we'll go back and forth on this is good. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of bad shooting form. Um, that's, that's a uniform thing. I don't know why it doesn't get taught as much at the lower levels. We, we spend a lot of time, teaching shooting form in middle school and it almost feels monotonous and it almost feels like we shouldn't be doing it at this point as much as we do. 
Um, and then another thing I see just talking with younger players is, and this is a newer one, I think is tournament burnout. Um, a lot of kids are so tired of going to these tournaments and they would rather just practice with their friends. And that's something I, I didn't ever expect to hear from third graders and fourth graders, but that's an interesting one. And then the final one I think is too, too much emphasis on positions, especially at the, the elementary school level. Um, coach, I see coaches teaching their kids to be a point guard or teaching them to be a shooting guard. And when you get to the high school level, they might be a completely different player and they have no idea how to do what their new coach wants them to do because they always thought they were a shooting guard and now they're a post player or switch it to any position. And so I think we just got to teach players how to be basketball players at that level. Before we get back to the episode, I want to thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. And if you find this episode beneficial, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That goes a really long way as we continue to build the Coach's Edge. And most of all, share this episode out with someone else who you think also may find it beneficial. That's what the Coach's Edge is all about, trying to give you an edge, an advantage. Let's get better together. Back to the show. I think that the emphasis on results over development covers a lot of the bases that you just mentioned. And there's so many youth basketball tournaments that I've attended where I'll see a team pressing the entire time and they're, they're more, they're faster and they're more athletic. So what are you teaching your kids other than if you're faster and more athletic to just steal the ball from the other kids and hopefully you can make some layups, right? You're not teaching them all these other characteristics of the game that are going to benefit you when you're playing against kids that actually are more talented or that are about even with you. And the whole time you've been working on a two, two, one press and getting fast break layups. Well, listen, you're not going to be able to do that when you get older and kids are stronger and they can make passes beyond 10 feet away from their body and they can dribble with their right and their left hand. You're, you're doing them a disservice by doing something like that. I mean, I've been to youth basketball games where a team's up 30 and they're still pressing in the third quarter. I'm like, you're, you're, you're not only hurting your opponent, you're actually hurting your own kids because you think you're doing an awesome job running up the score in your sixth grade community basketball league. Like you're not helping anyone. And also what are the, we talked about character. What are you trying to teach your kids at that age? Right. It's not anything good. Another one that I wanted to mention was zone defense. We haven't talked about this, but I'm pretty sure we're on the same page. Zone defense at the youth level is against the, the rules in FIBA. And I, I'd love to see that at the, at the level in the United States where we're not playing youth uh, zone defense, youth basketball level. I had a, a parent in Columbus and he texted me one day for his daughter's fifth grade tournament was coming up that weekend. And, and he asked me about zone offense sets. He's like, cause I know at least one of the teams tomorrow is going to play a two three zone. And the, these were fifth grade girls and they didn't have enough muscle, right. To, to shoot a perimeter shot and get it to the basket. And they also didn't have enough muscle to throw a skip pass or a good ball reversal uh, against the zone 
And so all these kids in the two, three who are just kind of hugging inside the paint were able to take away all inside shots and be able to pick off any of the skip passes because the kids couldn't, weren't big enough and strong enough to pass the ball across the court. And I was like, man, how sad is this that a fifth grade parent slash coach is asking me for zone offense advice because of something that, in my opinion, you shouldn't even have to be dealing with, right? Teach basic, stay between your man and the basket or your girl in the basket, fundamental on ball defense, some help side defense, some gap defense without all the zone, without trying to push the offensive team away from the basket on the perimeter, because these are the things that are going to help develop them later on as a player. You're not teaching the kids anything by staying put in a two, three zone that's going to help them win later on. Another thing you mentioned was tournament burnout, which was another one of the notes that I had written down with some of these questions was we're playing too many games. And when we play too many games, we get this burnout, right? We get this burnout. And I also think we lose some of the competitive drive because we're playing so many games. You travel, you play, you know, five, six games in a weekend possibly, and you come back on a late Sunday night, and then you leave for the next Friday and you do it all over again. And we're, we're getting into some trouble here with the AU culture of so many games being with the emphasis being put on what's the result? Did we win the tournament? How many points did we score instead of the actual development of each and every player? And we're hurting our, our kids in the long run we're hurting them when they need to go back to their school team during the winter and play on their team there. We're hurting them when we want to get them up to play basketball at the college level. They'd be much better off. They could practice on their own. They could get some, get some buddies and, and play some basketball in the neighborhood. They would get a lot more out of it. If you counted the amount of shots that you're going to shoot in six games over the weekend, you could get more shots up than that in an hour, right? And then you could play some one-on-one -on -one or two-on-two -two with your friends and, and be done with it. And you got more accomplished, actually. And then the other thing, Jaden, that we didn't mention, I mean, you're right on the money. Like you talked about skill development can be behind because we're not putting an emphasis on that. You talked about the finishing, um, officiating. Another thing that we're not talking about enough is I think that kids are going to be injured and this is already happening. They're going to be injured when they get older, when they get into high school, because their bodies are still developing and we're putting so much pounding on them, especially for little kids going up and down, oftentimes a regulation sized court, just up and down, up and down, up and down on these little joints that aren't done growing yet, leading to injuries later on. Now, do I have any data to back this up? No, but I'm pretty sure that we, we can Google some articles right now and find them. And I do know a handful of kids who played a lot of travel basketball at a young age and then had really bad and sometimes even serious ACL tears when they got older into high school. And I would bet a big reason for that is because they just played so much. I say, man, if we can cut some of this time off the court and just work on our game and then have some fun 
You're not going to get burned out. Your body's going to thankful, thank you for it. And you're going to be a better basketball player. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that you mentioned the zone defense thing. Uh, I know we're going to get into talking about how we can fix some of these problems. Um, and yeah, man, we don't need to play so many games. And when we are playing games, what are we really getting out of it? Our coaching staff, we agreed three years ago that we were done using zone defenses um, unless it was a gimmick for a tournament game or something. But we do all man, regardless of, of how well we can guard or not. And we don't look at our record so much as have we gotten better on the defensive end over these last five games? And that's the questions we started to ask ourselves. And, and we ask our players the same thing. Have you guys become better defenders in the last five games? How do you guys feel about it? Mm -hmm. And those conversations are so healthy and we see a ton of development out of kids who frankly don't know how to guard at all coming in who leave prepared for high school because they've, they've focused on, I'm going to improve this part of my game. Yeah. And yeah, just avoiding zone defense is a huge thing. It, it really disappoints me when I go officiate youth league games and, and they're running zone. It's frustrating to watch. And I'm not saying I'm anti-zone defense because I'm not. What I'm saying is at the youth level, at the young level, there's plenty of time for them to learn how to play a zone. Mm -hmm. If we can teach them how to guard their player, they're going to be effective moving on in a zone, in a man, whatever press, whatever type of defense that you want to put them in because you've instilled a basic layer of foundation with how they can defend the basketball. I think that's, that's key. So you mentioned the fixes. So what are some things that we can do to fix some of these issues? Yeah, the biggest one I think is take the focus off winning at all costs and move it towards competing and growing. So are we competing well? Are we growing in the skills that we're trying to focus on? I think that would serve coaches really well. And honestly, I think coaches that have that frame of mind actually win more games. It's kind of a, it's, it's funny how it works that way. And I think one thing that every coach should do is, is teach every single kid footwork. I don't know that that's emphasized enough at the youth level is teaching kids footwork on the perimeter in the paint that would serve so many kids and it serves them in other sports too. We have basketball players who like to play football, tennis, soccer, you teach them footwork in the, in the winter, that's going to serve them in whatever sports they play moving forward. Absolutely. That, that's a great point. Keep going. Yeah. And I think finally just not pigeonholing players into, into roles too early, not telling a fifth grader that they're a three point shooter when they still have a lot of time to develop playmaking skills not telling a kid he's a post when he could develop shooting skills, he could develop playmaking skills. Um, I, I'd so quick to say, Hey, you're a, you're a two, you're a five. Um, I don't know that that's healthy for kids. I don't know that. I think it could be healthy if we're learning offensive sets and I've had thoughts on that too, but yeah, that, and then I have a hot take. This is not popular in many youth leagues, but using progressive basket height. So moving the, moving the needle up to 10, once we hit middle school and not keeping it at 10 starting in second or third grade. No, I think that's, that's great that, you know, it's a shame if that's a hot take, cause I'm all about, <laughs> you know, lower hoop, smaller basketball size. If you have the ability to play on a, a shortened court, so they're actually spending their time playing game of basketball instead of just changing sides of the court. That was one thing we implemented with our youth basketball league last year and I know some people have had some trouble convincing. I stated my case 
to the church league that we were going to use and they were all about it. But I said, I know the kids want to go full court, but it was a regulation high school size court in this church. And, you know, we're dealing with elementary and early junior high age kids. So we're, we're going to have two games going at the same time. We're going to play half court. We're going to play three on three. So they're going to get more touches, more shots, more repetitions. And the entire time they're going to be in the game instead of simply transitioning up and down. And at some of the level, Jade, you know, by the, by the time everybody gets down there, well, somebody's dribbled off their foot and it's fumbled out of bounds anyway. And we waste so much time getting the kids from one end of the court to the other to actually play basketball. It's like, man, if we took all that time out, we'd be able to play like two games instead of one, which is what we, we essentially did um, with our, our youth basketball league. We played a lot more basketball because of some small tweaks that, that we made. Um, another thing that from a teaching, from a player development standpoint, you mentioned footwork. So I want you to add in on this when I, when I finish was more of a, a whole part whole, which we talk about this at every level, but as a, and I've been guilty of this, especially in the past of, I love detail in, in the game. And so I would go right into the detail when we're working on this footwork, like do it, do it this way. We're going to cross step here. And then you're going to pick the back basketball up with this right foot and step with your left foot and go up and score and breaking things down piece by piece. And then we'd build it all up into, okay, how does this actually look in a game? And what a way that I've grown as a coach is before we get into all the pieces, making sure that I've done a better job of making sure our players understand what this looks like within the big picture of the game first, whether that's them trying it out in the game situation, whether that's they were playing and then bringing them back and breaking it down into multiple segments and then building it back up again. Um, but so many times as coaches, and like I say, I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anybody, as we try to get into like this drill, this specific thing. But if we haven't prefaced it with how this is going to apply in the game situation, it's not going to stick and they're not going to get as much out of it. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up. That's one thing I've also been guilty of. And the last two years have been trying to be more intentional with when we teach skills like that at our level now. I give them the game reads up front and I say, here's the situation that we're using this so they can, because I, I know I was a player who had to envision the game situation in my mind when I did drills. And if I didn't have that, sometimes I was lost. And so kids can see, this is the purpose. This is where the defender is going to be. This is why you're making this specific movement. And this is why it's going to be successful. Letting them try it, breaking it down again, discussing what did we see? What, what do we feel? What's hard here? and doing it again. And I, I love seeing kids grow in just 15 minutes, just from breaking something down, telling them the why, and then having them try it. And another key piece that you put in there was you were asking the kids questions. And I think that's something that as coaches, we often make the mistake of is we just give the answer all the time. Well, if we ask them the question, a lot of times they're gonna come up with the answer, but it's gonna be even better than ours. And we can help steer them in the right direction if need be, but giving them the question instead of the answer first allows them to get the answer and it empowers the player, right? It, it, you know, from a brain functioning standpoint, right? It's not just, okay, here's the input. Am I going to retain it? 
they're working to find that answer. We've empowered them. We've, we're starting to build lines of communication and trust with them, which is going to have many other benefits as well. That's key. Now, another thing that I know you were going to mention was teaching them to play versus teaching them plays. So can you talk about the importance of that, especially at the youth level? Yeah, absolutely. This is another thing I'm guilty of. When I first started coaching, um, I ran a ton of sets. And then those kids, we get into our second year together and they don't know how to play basketball. So I was quickly convicted of that. But yeah, teaching kids movement, teaching them when to cut, how to cut, when to set screens, really breaking down the game reads. Um, as my freshman coach would have said, teaching how to read and react. And so we talk about that often at our level. We run a ton of five out now. We run five out or four out, one in. And we teach these kids what to look for on the defensive end and then how to respond to it. And it's amazing, kid. It's, it's hard for coaches because it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience. And you have to ask your players questions rather than force feeding them the answers. It's a process. And I think a lot of coaches bail on it because it does take time. But it benefits players so much more by the time they do get to high school level and either they are playing more of the chess game or they are running sets. Now they know the why on the sets and, and they can easily adjust when they need to and make a secondary read. But without that, now we're just teaching kids how to make a primary read. And if it's not working out, then it doesn't work out and we don't know what to do with it. And so I love, I'm a big, big proponent of the five out right now. I think five <laughs> out, if you got a good post player, let him do some work in there too, but teach him how to move on the outside as well. Cause that's basketball. And teach your kids to play inside as well. You talked about footwork, like mm -hmm. that kid who's a point guard or shooting guard may end up being six, eight and, you know, teach them to play and finish at the rim and a drop step and a jump hook and, and all those different things. Cause you just don't, you don't know what a young player is going to turn out to be five, 10 years, 10 years down the road. That's huge. Absolutely. I got to shout out our point guard this year. His name's Jay. Uh, we put in a play called mouse. It's a five out. And when we call mouse for a player, it's just a single post up. In our tournament game, we called mouse for him. He got the ball, nice drop step, baby hook, and he's a point guard. And so I, that was a good coaching moment there. That's stuff we should be teaching our players early. I love it. Mouse in the house. That's a, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about, right? Being able to play inside and outside. When I played overseas, we, we would do different types of warmups before practice. But one thing that I always thought was really cool was rarely did we split up guards and bigs. We did a lot of the same stuff together, whether it was finishing, whether it was passing, whether it was ball handling. We were working on a variety of skills to develop an all-around game. And that's with players that, for the most part, already had a position, right? These are all grown men on a pro basketball team and we were still doing that right and then you look at youth teams and it's like okay we just oftentimes we put the big kid at the basket we take the fastest kid and we give him the ball and say all right race down and see if you can beat everybody down for the layup and that's not how it should be as coaches many of the coaches I know one of their favorite parts about basketball is the place it's the tactical being able to drop a cool play or a special defense that's going to do something. And I get it. And, and the tactics, that's an important piece of the game. But when it comes to developing players, that aspect 
is not nearly as important as teaching them how to play the game. And from a skill development standpoint, we can also run into a very similar problem where we want to teach them a really cool move. We want to teach them a specific shot and, and we'll dive into things that are either too advanced or they're simply things that are not going to happen that often in the game of basketball, yet we spend too much time teaching that specific thing. If you got a youth basketball player that you're working with, you're coaching on your team and they're right-handed and they can't dribble up and down on the move with their left hand and make a weak-handed layup, we got some things to work on, right? And if they've gone through the season with you and they still can't dribble with the left hand and they can't make a, a weak-handed left-hand layup, you've done them a disservice as a basketball coach, right? Because that is one of the most fundamental things within the game of basketball is having the coordination and the skill to do something with your right and your left hand. Is that complicated? No, it is so, so vital as well, right? Just because something simple doesn't mean it's not vital. And I think as, as coaches, we need to make sure that we're teaching some of those things as well. And you mentioned shooting as well. So what are a couple of things from a shooting standpoint that we should be thinking of teaching to our youth players? Yeah, I could go on for a while on this one. <laughs> um, but even just coming in, two of the problems I see a lot is I, I watch some of our younger players shooting on 10 foot rims and their balance is really off. And so getting a firm foundation, teaching our players to get a shoulder wide base with a shooting shoulder in front, that's huge. Um, and then just holding follow throughs. We have kids that because they're exerting so much energy, they're throwing their whole body into it. They end up just flicking their hands and hoping it goes in. And so if, if there's just two things we could focus on, even at the lower levels, it would be that, that nice base and then actual follow through. There's obviously way more that we could add to that. At the junior high level, one thing that we try to, to hammer out is our offhand, so our guide hand, keeping that straight. That's a big issue that we have. I, I haven't had a player come in in a long time that hasn't had that issue. And so we try to get rid of that in middle school so that when they get to high school, they can have something that's consistent, that's solid, and they can shoot a high percentage with. I mean, there's a million different things you could talk about with shooting at any level. But for the youth basketball player, you mentioned two of the most important things, how the shot starts and how the shot finishes. Where does it start, right? With, with our base, with our balance, with our foundation. How does the shot finish? With our follow through. And so being able to emphasize those two key pieces will allow many of the characteristics in between to sometimes self-correct themselves. Now, do we dive into much more of that? Absolutely. You and I could talk shooting all day. That's, mm -hmm. you know, the most common subject in the Coach's Edge podcast has probably been shooting more than any, anything else. I love teaching shooting. But with that said, if a couple things that you can try to square away, good balance, good balance, good solid foundation, and the hand placement, the hand placement goes right into what our follow through looks like. Those are a couple great keys. Um, and Jen, I can't wait to see you in, in March and uh, start training again together in, in Northwest Ohio. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I can't wait. Any thoughts that you want to leave us with um, for any coaches that are working with uh, their, their school youth basketball program as they head towards the off season? Yeah, I would just say resist the temp temptation to pigeonhole players. Let them be basketball players. Encourage competition. 
man, and get kids to like basketball. We have, we have too many good athletes that are getting to the high school level and they don't like basketball anymore. Get your kids to like basketball and just, I would, I would take some time reflecting on what that looks like for your program. I love it. I love Jaden. Thanks again for being on the coach's edge podcast. Uh, that was fun. We will definitely have to have you on again sometime. And we look forward to working with you and all of our youth basketball players in uh, Northwest Ohio once we get towards the end of March and we'll see what the summer looks like pandemic permitting, but um, it's looking like we're going to be able to do some more things in 2021, which is really exciting. So thanks for being on the show and stay safe. Thanks, Steve.